Crescendo. I liked it. That was beautiful. How about you turn to the person next to you and say, Howdy, partner. How, I'm, I'm looking at you, Johnny Bedford. You have to say it like a true American. Howdy, partner. How, howdy, partner. Howdy, partner. And then you can grab a seat. How, howdy, partner. Howdy, partner. All right. All right. Get off the stage. Um, not joking. Joking. Well done, worship team. Let's, let's uh, thank our worship team for leading us so wonderfully in worship. That was cool. So as you heard, we've just come back from Youth Alive Conference up in Devonport, where there was about, I don't know, 400, maybe 500 in the evenings, uh, people, young people, youth, young adults, praying, worshipping, uh, listening to the Word of God, being filled by the Spirit of God. It was a powerful time away. And actually, a couple of testimonies. Um, young Jamie Mullen, who was just up here just before. How are you feeling? You still feel? Actually, come up here. Seriously, you got to hear this testimony. While she's running up here, I'll tell you that her brother encountered, had this incredible God encounter. We were standing there in worship and just went, God, I just need to know that you're with me. And in that moment, he said, it just felt like his hand was on it, like this heavy, like his hand just came upon his shoulder. And he, he then turned around. And there was literally no one there behind him. But he just said, in that moment for him, he had this incredible confidence that God was with him because God just like, in a moment, just encountered him in such a way that he just knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was with him and God was for him. But, uh, which is a good testimony. That's an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, and, and the way God works, he, he, he does start something for one brother. He'll do it to the sister as well. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't know how that works, but it just works. Uh, Jamie, what happened? Okay, so this might be a bit awkward. Um, <laughs> for a really long time now, I've had so much issue with just food and not being able to digest things, and it's just so much pain, and I'm always sick, and I don't want to eat. And was, anyway, we were in worship, and I was just going, oh, God, I'm so sick of feeling this way. I need to give it to you right now, and this is it. Like, I'm not taking it. It's not from you, but I'm going to give it to you because you're amazing. Um, so anyway, we're sitting there. I've got my hand here, and Craig Guntrip comes up on stage. He goes, oh, there's someone here with stomach issues. And I'm like, oh. And then um, he's like, oh, put your hand up. Everyone's going to pray for you. So we all put everyone with stomach issues, puts their hands up. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been really good since. I mean, I'm totally 100% healed, which is really, really amazing. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, the best. It's great. So good. Thanks, Jamie, for sharing that. You know, there's such power in our testimony, as we, as we heard someone mention earlier, that we overcome the enemy. Revelation 12, 11. We overcome the enemy, the enemy of apathy, the enemy of the devil's schemes, the enemy, enemy of our complacency, the enemy of our inability. Through what? Through the power of testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. So the power of people sharing what God has done in their lives and by the finished work of what Jesus Christ has already done. That's how we overcome. So if you want to be an overcomer in 2018, make sure you're listening to testimonies, make sure you're sharing testimonies and make sure you're not relying on your own ability but continuing to rely on the finished work, the victory that can be found in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. So that was one testimony. And actually just before service, I love sharing testimonies. They're one of my favorite things because we can get so caught up in just knowing stuff that we sometimes miss sight that God is actually a God that wants to do stuff in us and with us, not just, not just on a Sunday, not just at a conference, but every day of our life. And, and Merle, who is an amazing prayer warrior, and we're so blessed to have her here with us. Um, everyone give Merle a round of applause because Merle is amazing. 
But I had the privilege of standing with Merle in prayer with a couple of other people about, oh, it was about five, six weeks ago. She had this like pain in her hip and down the side of her leg, like down in this region here. And, um, and, and, and we prayed and prayed and she was like just so sick of this pain. A bit like, a bit like Jamie, just this pain had been there and it was causing her grief. And we were just like, you know what? It says in the Bible, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It says in the Bible that by his stripes, we are healed. So we're like, all right, let's stand on this. Let's, let's pray for this. Let's believe this. And uh, five weeks, about five, six weeks, now Merle has absolutely no pain. All the pain is completely gone. And she is fully convinced that it wasn't by anything else, but the power of God at work in her life that actually brought healing. And do you know that that same power that, that moved in, in Jamie's life, that same power that, that, that Jack Mullen felt when he was there in worship, that same power that Merle fe- felt from the, from the, I'm sure you won't mind me, the youngest to the oldest, God can move in your life. I'm pretty sure you're the oldest in the room, aren't you, Merle? I reckon it's a pretty good guess. I reckon, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, but there's something incredible. No, but the thing is, we're all children to God. So you're still very, very young compared to our father in heaven. That's for sure. Now, last Sunday, everyone say last Sunday. I had the privilege of preaching at our morning service. And I preached a message called God's kingdom purpose for your life. And I want to encourage you that each and every single one of us, that God has a kingdom purpose for your life. It's not a plan to harm you, but it's a plan to give you a hope and a future. He's a God that has a, he he, he created you and predestined in advance good works for you to accomplish. He has a plan and a purpose for you, for your life. And the the three things that I pointed out last week were this. It was out of, uh, in the start of the Bible in Genesis. And I was talking about the Abrahamic blessing, like God actually appeared to Abraham and said, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless the nations of the world through you. So the three things that I shared last Sunday morning were these three things. And I want to share them right now, just really quickly, just so you can have a foundation and understanding and a platform from where we can go from. Because I feel like this sermon that I've got to share tonight dovetails in with this last message. My three things were this, if you go, I will show. God is the God that if he gives you a word and you step out in faith on that word, he will show up. He's not a God that that will disappoint you. It says anyone who places their faith in Christ will not be disappointed. Doesn't mean you won't have trials because Jesus promised you have trials. Doesn't mean you won't have obstacles because if you live for longer than a day, you'll realize there's obstacles in the way. But God will be faithful to go with you and to help you accomplish the things that he has predestined in advance for you to do. The second thing I said was, he wants to bless you and bless through you. Our God actually wants to pour out blessing on your life. He wants to pour out blessing on each and every single one of us. But he doesn't want you to be a dam of blessing. He doesn't want you just to take it all in and never give anything out. He wants to, be, he wants to bless you so that the world can be blessed through you. That is, that is God's kingdom purpose for your life. The blessing of actually knowing Jesus is the ultimate blessing that any human can ever know. And we are actually blessed, not so that we can keep that knowledge to ourselves, but so that we can tell people that are thirsty. We can tell people in the Bridgewater community the good news of Jesus Christ. We can tell young people through Youth Alive and through our Friday night programs, through our connect groups, the good news of Jesus Christ. So that we can tell people in our workplaces, our family, our our social circles, what? The good news of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to keep that blessing to yourself. He has blessed you so he can bless through you. 
And the third thing that I shared last Sunday morning was to build an altar to altar. That if you want to see a transformation in your life, you need to come to Jesus because He is the altar. And I want to encourage you at the end of tonight, if you need any prayer, it was awesome to see people coming up and being prayed for uh, in worship time. But if you feel like there's an area of your life that you need to see an alteration take place, why don't you take a step of faith tonight and allow the team to pray with you, stand with you? Because God wants to alter you so that you can experience the transformative power of the Holy Ghost in your life, but so that you can also transform the world around you. God's got a plan and purpose for your life. But the last two weeks, we've had two guest speakers, and they've been brilliant. Who, who enjoyed listening to Mark Reening a couple of weeks ago? He was awesome. You know, what did he encourage us? He encouraged us to, you're invited to be expectant, to have an expectation when we come to Jesus. And then last week, we were so blessed to have Jen Cooper sharing about how even in the hardest seasons of life, you're invited to come to Jesus knowing that he is faithful knowing that He is good, knowing that He is God with us. Incredible things. But I want to encourage, sorry, I want to carry on this, this little series that we're doing over these four weeks, there we go, four, uh, of You're Invited. And this week I want to talk to you about we're invited to partnership. We're invited to partnership. That's why I got everyone at the very start to say, howdy, partner. <laughs> because, I oh know, no. uh, actually, Johnny, can you say it for us? I, I don't think I'm doing it justice. <laughs> we just say how you all. I know. I just. I, I love accents. Accents are incredible. Uh, and actually, this is not one of my notes. But you know, our words should be accented with the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> you know, like when you go into your workplace, people should be able to hear something different on your tone of voice that they recognise. Wait a second, this person's been with Jesus. I want to encourage you. Yeah, exactly. Known by your fruits. And how do you gain an accent? By living in that place by spending time in that place, by dwelling in that place. Sorry, my, my accent changed there. But the longer you spend somewhere, the more you pick up the accent. I want to encourage you, the more you spend time in God's presence, the more you pick up the accent of the kingdom of heaven. And that's the sort of tone that you're going to need to actually accomplish the things that God has planned for you, for your life. So this week we're looking at, you are invited to partnership. You are invited to partnership. Let me pray and then we'll get into this. God, I thank you so much that you're a good God. That you, in, you extend a hand from heaven to us here on earth. A hand of grace, a hand of love, a hand of purpose, a hand of mission, a hand of... Uh, a hand. God, you're just such a good God. So Lord, we ask that here tonight, we wouldn't just go through the motions... But as we listen to your word, as we engage by faith what you are saying to us, God, we would shift from old mindsets, from carnality, from, from worldliness, God, to live the life that you've called us to live with purpose, on purpose, to bring your kingdom, to see your will be done here as it is in heaven. So God, have your way in each and every single one of us. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, so what are some of the greatest partnerships you know? Like recently, like I like cricket a bit. And uh, who was it? I think it was Steve Smith and Sean Marsh put on like a 400-run partnership or, or something ridiculous in the third test where we absolutely destroyed the British. So good, praise Jesus. Uh, you know, that was, a, that was a good partnership. But what are some of the greatest partnerships that you're aware of? Maybe it's a partnership in a, a singing 
Who, who's that? Laurel and Hardy. Lily Marsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a good one. There's a good one. Uh, you know, great partnership. Well, but what about instead of going from sports, what about like singers or movie, movie stars? Um, you know, I don't know who Laurel and Young is. Hardy, whatever. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right, yeah. So what, what was that one? Hall and Oates. They were, yeah, they're comedies, weren't they? No singers. Oh, geez. I don't know my partnerships very well. See, I, I'm, I might be well-versed in some things, but not in uh, everyday living and things. What about, what are you, Isaac? What's a good partnership? Don't know. Simon? Bangers and mash. Come on. There we go. That's a good partnership. I think we can all agree. That's like ham and cheese like that. That partnership is so good. Or even uh, what was, uh, you know, old school movie, what some people might think is new school, but, you know, John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John. Like, they were a good partnership. They went, yeah, Bill and Ted, um, Bill and Ben, the flower pot man. Like, that, that's a good partnership. Um, B1 and B2, quality partnership. Like, I tell you what, that, that TV program would just not be the same if there was only B1. Like, that would be a lonely banana. Um, is it banana or banana? Banana, whatever. But I want to encourage you, in 2018, we are invited to partnership. We are invited to have partnership with God's purpose for our life. That's the first point. Partner with purpose. Turn to the person next to you and tell them to partner with purpose. Partner with purpose. Now, sometimes I get into really dangerous territory. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Sometimes I walk into Woolworths hungry without a shopping list. And I just start to wander around with no purpose, just going, oh, that looks good. Chuck that in there. Oh, that looks really good too. Oh, that's on sale. And I chuck that in there and I chuck this in there and I chuck that. And, and I walked around Woolworths and, and like, I probably should have went in there to buy like just one little meal to feed me for one night. And instead I rock out with over like $150 worth of groceries because I didn't go in there with purpose. Um, has anyone experienced that before? Or am I the only person in the room that's done that? Or, or, or like the, so, sometimes like I'll go sh- walking around in the, in the CBD of Hobart and, um, and it's even more dangerous when I have money in my bank account. Uh, and I'll be just like walking around. I'm like, oh, look, a sale. And like a moth to the naked flame, <laughs> I fly, fly in and, and it's like, like these new shoes I bought. I, I bought these, they're 50 bucks. I was like, that's a bargain. It's like $50 Adidas's. Like, I can use them and, and that will be good. But I didn't have any purpose, so I ended up getting almost like sucked in and I went, oh, that's on sale. It's cheap. I'll buy it. And, and it cost me. Uh, thankfully, at the moment, it didn't cost me so much that I can't afford my like hydro bill or, or my mortgage and different things like that. But sometimes one of the most destructive things for people is when we live a life without purpose, especially in this area of like, well, I'm just using this example of finances first, but if you live a life with no purpose in that area and you get drawn to this, drawn to that, drawn to this, drawn to that, then all of a sudden you end up, um, you know, in a situation where you're on the, you haven't got anything to fall back on. It, it can, it can be quite hard. It's not good. But in the same way, I think, honestly, one of the most destructive, it's, it's, it's 
walking into a supermarket's destructive for my finances when I'm hungry and I don't have any purpose for what I'm going in for. In the same way, it can actually be very, very destructive for a Christian to not live a life of purpose. If you live out 2018 as a Christian without purpose, I tell you what, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you the opportunities that God had given you to advance His kingdom. It's going to cost you relationships. It's going to, it's going to cost you time. And I, seriously, that's one of the only things that you can't actually generate more of. Actually, I think it's the only thing you can't generate more of. You, I tell you what, I don't want to be one of those Christians that gets to heaven and then looks back and go, oh my gosh, look at all that time that I wasted. And I want to encourage you, make a decision here at the start of 2018 to live a life of purpose on purpose. Live a life where you say, what I'm called to is to bring God's kingdom to reality here, wherever I am. Whether it's in Hobart, whether it's somewhere else in the state, whether I'm in my family or whether I'm in my workplace, wherever I find myself, I know my purpose is this, to be an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever I say, whatever I do, I will do it with that mentality because I'm living a life of purpose on purpose. God's calling us to partner with purpose. Don't, don't live a life where, 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 where you have no purpose, where you're wandering around and you're just wasting money like Dan Pastor. That isn't a good thing to do. Live a life as a Christian with a purpose. And the greatest purpose you can have is to bring his kingdom, to seek first the kingdom of God. Or as uh, Jesus put it so magnificently, the first thing he, one of the first things he said is to what, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love others as yourself. And secondly, he said in Matthew 28, go into all the world and what? Make disciples. Go preach the good news. I'm so encouraged because uh, a little bit of a um, heads up. We had, we had a meeting today with Pastor Mark von Blankensee and we've got our Vision Sunday coming up. We've got our heart and soul coming up and we're looking as a church to unfold uh, doing more coaching and doing more mentoring. And I want to encourage you, Pastor Mark mentioned it to us that if, if we live a life as a Christian where we don't actually have anyone coaching us or mentoring us, then we're actually in direct violation of that commandment in Matthew 28. Go into all the world and make disciples. Now, to make a disciple, you need to actually be willing to be discipled. And I want to encourage us. Um, over, over the next four to eight weeks, we're probably going to unpack this theme a little bit more. So let me encourage you to start getting your heart ready so that you're not just living a life, just sort of, oh, whatever, I'll just do whatever I feel, whatever I sort of want to, I'll just swing around and just not live a life of purpose. If we have a life fully yielded to the authority of God, we're going to see God do great things this year. If we live a life where we, where we trust that the people that we allow in to help mentor us and encourage us are actually doing it for us, then that's going to set us up to live a life that we can only accomplish in community. God's calling us to partnership, partner with purpose. The second thing I want to say is this, we need to partner with prayer. We need to partner with prayer. I'm so encouraged that we had a prayer meeting for pop-up festival uh, pre-service tonight. That was from four o'clock to five o'clock. And I think we're doing it again next week, aren't we? And the week after. Hey, let me encourage you. There's something powerful about praying together. You know, in, 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 uh, in Wales... There was a revival in, it was about 1904, 1905, and they called it the Welsh Revival. 
and it's, and it's pretty incredible. They, they saw over 150,000 people make decisions and become disciples of Jesus Christ over, over that little period of time. And what was the fundamental, foundational thing that believers were doing before they saw the revival? Bingo! Wow! It's amazing how God's heart is moved in His power. It's like, it's like heaven opens up and His power is actually available when humanity chooses to humble itself and actually say, God, we can't actually do this in our own strength, but we need to rely fully on you. I want to encourage you for, to, to see what God wants to see done in the, in the Derwent, sorry, in the Derwent Valley, he does want to do stuff there, in the Bridgewater and Herdsman Cove and that sort of area, it's not going to be done by just our strategic ability and our own strength. It's going to be done by his spirit. And it's going to take us to actually come to a place of humility and say, God, we cannot do this in our own ability. We will do everything we can. But God, we know that to accomplish what you've called us to, we're going to have to rely fully on you. So firstly, we need to partner with purpose. But secondly, we need to partner with prayer. We need to make it a priority to actually say that commandment that Jesus had where he was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, where he said, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, we need to make that a priority to say, I'm going to, I'm going to set in place a pattern, a principle to actually live a disciplined life of prayer, expecting that through my prayers of faith, that I have a God that is good, who will actually listen to my prayers. And more than that, if it's in line with, in line with his will, his will to actually see his kingdom come and will be done, then his, his response won't be, oh, whatever. It will be yes and amen. I honestly believe that, you know, I, I read this, um, this thing by Smith Wigglesworth. He was one of the greatest speakers, one of the greatest evangelists, one of the greatest uh, healing evangelists ever. And, and he, actually, he actually had a prophetic word for Tasmania and Australia that, that in the 20th and 21st century, there'd be such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that it would actually impact the world. And I was so encouraged. It was actually in our pre-service prayer meeting where, where we, we had a few people just having little visions and words and, and, and so on, a couple of people sharing scriptures. But there's this passage of scripture that was brought back up to my attention just at lunchtime today. And that was this. In, in the book of Genesis chapter 2, it talks about this river that fl flows through this land. And the land that it flows through, we found out as we were sitting over lunch today, it was actually called Sorrow. But the incredible thing is that river, I shared about it only about five weeks ago, is called Increase in Hope. And I, I want to tell you that, you know, in lands like Bridgewater where there's been sorrow, God wants to flood His hope. And how's, what's the vessel of that? It's the believers. It's people that carry living water on the inside of them. So He's calling us to step out steps of faith. But he's not, doing, he's not allowing us to do it in our own strength. It's going to be that river of life, that river of living water, the Holy Spirit overflowing through us that's going to bring the supernatural, eternal change, the hope of glory to these people that are living in sorrow and hopelessness. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, number three, number three. We need to partner with people. We need to partner with people. I, I know this might seem um, basic, but I tell you what, Jesus didn't come to make the basic things profound. He came to make the profound things basic. He, he, he shared in such a way that it was just like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. 
So number one, we need to partner with purpose. We need to live a life of purpose in 2018. Number two, we need to partner with prayer. We need to make prayer a pattern, a a discipline of our lives. Number three, though, we need to partner with people because the task that God is calling us to can't be accomplished just by ourselves in isolation because we're called the body of Christ and the body of Christ is made up of many members. And I'm so, so encouraged every time I come here on a Sunday night to meet people from all different walks of life, all different seasons of life that have one commonality, and that is we are one in Christ. It encourages my soul. It encourages me to keep on living the life that God's called me to live. There's something powerful about dwelling in community and partnering with community. We're invited to partner with community when we come into the body of Christ. In, in, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, in other words, community, and the sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper, and a prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had, sold property, possessions, shared money with those that were in need. They worshipped together in the temple each day, not just on a Sunday, they met regularly. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What an great model of what the church is called to be. What a great model. We're invited to partner with people. We're invited to partner with community. And not just do a Sunday service together, actually do life together. And that is, seriously, that is my heart for this service. Um, You know, we we see this service fluctuate from, you know, 40 to 100 people over the last year. And I know that we'll do that a fair bit over this year because we'll see people from the university, new people coming in. We'll see new families moving down to Tassie, connecting in. But I want to encourage us that we live in such a commercial world And sometimes we can bring that commercial mentality to our church, to the community of believers, where we come in with this consumerism mentality. It's like, what can I get out of this church? You know, we're never called to actually view the church in that light because the church wasn't, it doesn't say the business of God. It's just the family of God. We're called to be family. And that's why I'm so happy and excited. I shared it last week and I've shared it multiple times that I've moved closer to here because like, it's so close that I can say, hey, people, come up to service. We're eating pizzas and stuff like that, which after the service, any youth and young adults tonight, we're going to be doing pizzas at my house with board games and cards. If you want to come and fellowship and connect some more, if, you're, if you consider yourself between the ages around 25-ish to 12-ish, uh, then, yeah, more than welcome. Next week, I'm going to do chicken wings for just anyone and everyone. So, uh, but, but that's my heart. I want to do family with people. I want to do life with people. I don't want to see you on a Sunday at a service, high-five you, then never see you for the rest of the week. That isn't what the church is meant to be. The church is meant to be family. We're invited to partner with people. We're invited to do family. In the same way, you know, you might go to a restaurant and like, if you're anything like me, if you go to a restaurant with terrible service, what will you do? You probably won't go back to that place again. And sometimes we have Christians, though, that rock up to a church service, and for some reason, 
something happened or nobody walked up to him and said hello to him. And all of a sudden we, ha- we bring the same consumerism mentality to the body of Christ. When instead it was like, that's not how we're meant to see the body of Christ. It's meant to be, what can I bring? When I rock up to Christmas Day at my house, I just jump in and start peeling carrots. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what it is that needs to be done. Oh, Dan, can you go grab some chicken eggs because we're going to make some stuffing? Oh, yeah. Like, I, I don't get offended and go, far out, mum, you should have had that all sorted. You know, that, that would be messed up for me to have that mentality uh, at Christmas time, to get there and be like, mum, pick up your game. You know, you, I, I've come here to sit here and be fed, to be given gifts. How dare you ask me to go to the chicken coop and grab eggs? Who do you think you are? You know, but the reality is some, some of us as Christians, we take that mentality to our connect group. We take it to our church services, expecting I should just be able to come in here and have everything just given to me when the reality is we're called to be family and family, the, the heart of family should be, I'll do whatever it takes to help creating an environment where people feel welcomed and loved and part of a community. And saying that, if you want to ro- jump on the roster to help with ushering, <laughs> welcoming, seriously, we, we need more people that are happy to jump in and serve in that capacity as well. And I'd love to talk to you afterwards with that because that's what we do as family. You might be like, oh, I don't feel like I'm called to that. I don't feel like I'm called to grab chicken eggs. But I'll do what I have to when my mama, when my mama asks me to do something, I go do it. You know, in the same way, let me encourage you. In the body of a, in a body of a group of believers, even if you don't feel called to it, just jump in and help out where you can. Because that's what you do with family. Maybe your family's different and it's all completely lined up and they've done uh, Briggs-Meyer tests and they lock you into exactly what you're meant to be doing. I don't know, maybe your family's like that. Mine's not. Um, <laughs> anyway, the final one. Everyone say final point. Point number four. We're called to partner. And sorry, this one doesn't, this one doesn't start with P. Uh, I know, I apologize. Yeah, I know, it's, it's poor. Um, but we had partner with prayer, partner with purpose, partner with people. And you could, you, okay, I, if you could give me some poetic justice and I could tie this in, but I just said partner with God. <laughs> you, you could, yeah, you, well, you could have partner with the persons of God. But I thought that was a bit too, I don't know. I just wanted to make it real clear. Like I'm keeping it, now it's just like PG. So you've got PPPG. Um, partner with God partner with God. You know, it blows me away. Like I said, I've been reading through the book of Genesis and Abraham was considered righteous because he believed. And when you read further on, you're reading like 2 Chronicles 20 verse 7 and Isaiah 41 8. And in both those passages of scripture, it talks about how Abraham was actually considered a friend of God. A friend of God. You know, a friend, a friendship is something that's like a partnership. It goes two ways. And it's incredible that through faith, Abram could come into partnership, friendship with God. Through faith, not through his works, he could come into partnership, friendship with God. And I want to encourage you. You can, you can do all these other things. You can, you can have purpose for your life. You could write out an incredible strategic plan. You could turn up to prayer meetings you could even hang out with a group of believers but unless you actually choose to partner with God believe in your heart confess with your mouth and actually daily 
walk of life where you're crucifying the old the old nature and choosing to walk a life worthy of the calling of God that is on your life in not just in awareness of God's plan and purpose but in communion with a God who loves you that's where all those other things just light up so bing 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 let me encourage you 2018 let's let's do this partnered with God partnered with an understanding that our Father in heaven loves us partnered with a deep-seated revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord and he died for me that I'm saved through him and him alone partnered with the person of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is available for people that believe that confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord those people that have done that they can have access not just to salvation but actually an impartation of God's power God's peace, God's joy through the Holy Spirit coming upon your life and filling your life and overflowing through your life. Let me encourage you, 2018, let's partner with purpose. Let's partner with prayer. Let's partner with people. But more importantly than all of that, make sure you do it in partnership with God because He is the one that keeps it all together. You can try to do all those other things without God, but I tell you after a while, it will drain you. It will burn you out. But it's amazing when you bring God into the equation. It still works. It all comes alive. He sustains you. As we heard from Dave the other week, he doesn't call you to comfort, but he calls you to rest. He gives you rest even in the midst of all of it. So I just want to invite everyone just to close their eyes and bow their heads. And if you know in your heart that your partnership with God is severed, the Bible is ridiculously clear. It says that anyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. So it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done. All that matters is, is your heart believing in Christ? And is your mouth confessing the Lordship of Jesus Christ? And through that, we can begin partnership with God who loves us, a God who is for us. So what I want to do here in this moment is I want to lead us all in a prayer. It's a very simple prayer. It's just a prayer that says, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God. Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are Lord. And I have received the gift of grace, the gift of forgiveness for my sins and my mistakes. And through this prayer, It's not the words, but it's the heart that you pray with, a sincere heart, an authentic heart that actually brings us into partnership with God, into right-standing relationship with God. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to lead you in this prayer. And then if you've prayed this prayer and it's meant something to you at the very end of the prayer, I just want you to lift up your hand and say, Dan, that was me. That was me. That was me. That was me. So let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you that you call me into partnership through faith in Jesus Christ. Right here, I place my faith in you. Through your death and through your resurrection, I receive your grace 
and I receive your forgiveness for all my sins and all my mistakes. Tonight, I turn from those old ways and I turn to you. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for being my Lord and thank you for being my friend. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, every eye.